We take a look at Michigan's fab hire and the 2019 football team and schedule next on Michigan Insiders Podcast. Let's go blue, everyone, and welcome to Michigan Insiders Podcast. I'm your host, Dawson Draper, and today marks the first ever episode of the Michigan Insiders Podcast. I'm very excited to start this brand new series that I've been striving to uh, start here in recent months. Um, It's been a dream of mine to do my own podcast, uh, seeing some of the other podcasts out there, and I just thought, you know, having a social media pages, it's you can't write all your feelings on that thing. And I like to voice my opinion a lot. And I can't really do that in certain posts, whether it's Twitter or Instagram. So I thought, why not make a podcast and just explain it all on here, especially my uh, game by game predictions that I usually do during the summer. Um, I can usually uh, get on here and maybe explain more of what I'm what I'm thinking about the game, why I picked that score, why I picked uh, the winner of that game, because usually people misread or people misinterpretate uh, what I'm trying to get at in those posts. So I'm really hoping this helps. Um, and I'm just really excited to get this thing started. Now, I just want to take a quick note that I am battling some allergies right now. So if my voice sounds a little crispy or anything in that sense, that's probably the main reason. But let's not hope that gets in the way of things. And let's dive into our first segment. Now, our first segment today, we're going to talk about the uh, coaching hire um, that has taken place yesterday after a week-long search after Coach Beeline abruptly left the program for the NBA. Now, at first, I wasn't really high on the Howard train. I I looked into it. I was like, you know what? This dude has never been a head coach before. Uh, he, he hasn't really recruited. Um, and to me, when I look back on it, when we first hired Beeline, I, Michigan was in the sense where they could hire anyone and let that person build up their own program. And that's what they did. Um, coach Beeline was a good coach, um, a decent even, you can even say that, but he wasn't a great coach at that time. That's not what everybody thought he was. Now, when we look at it now, we think Coach Beeline's a great coach. You know, he could get hired basically anywhere, to be honest. Um, and uh, that's not, not really a biased opinion. I mean, I really do think if he left the Michigan job and didn't go to the NBA and went to any other school, he, any school would probably want him unless you're Kansas, Duke or Kentucky, Michigan State, you name it, one of the higher tiered programs. Um, but we, after Coach B left, we're at this point in basketball where we're not that small little program anymore. I mean, we weren't really that small to begin with when we hired Coach Beeline, but we were at that point where we wanted anyone, just anyone that could win. And now we're at that point where it kind of, it wasn't football, where we needed to hire someone that can take us to the Sweet 16 or beyond the first year. I mean, that that's really our mindset. I mean, that's what we're used to now with Coach Beeline. And since he's gone, we I, I really wanted a big name hire and I thought we could have got one. Now... Coach Beeline kind of left at a time where uh, a month or so after the season, so a lot of the big names were kind of already off the board, and for this offseason, there wasn't really a lot of big names out there. I mean, Chris Beard signed his extension. Uh, Jay Wright turned down um, the UCLA offer. You know, guys like that. So, I mean, our big-name guys were going to be Billy Donovan and Brad Stevens in the NBA. Now, could we went and got those guys? Stevens, maybe not so much, but Donovan, maybe, and that kind of fell off. So now, where do we go? And in my mindset, I was like, I didn't really want Howard. I was like, I want a guy right off the bat who can just win games. 
Now, as some other Twitter accounts have put it, their feelings of Jawan Howard totally took a 180 in this past week. And that's really where mine have been. Um, and I, I don't know exactly know how to explain this, but I, I mean, at first I was like, nah, I want a good recruiter. I want all that. But if you really look at this higher and you really break it down by down, this is the best hire that we could have got at least this offseason and maybe overall. And I say that confidently. I think Howard can not only, he's not going to change the culture, but he knows the culture at Michigan. We hired a guy who's taking classes in Ann Arbor, who's walked the streets of Ann Arbor, knows the Michigan culture. And I think that's going to play a big part on what he brings to the table. Now, I mean, some fans are going to say, oh, he's a good recruiter. And some fans are going to say, well, he hasn't recruited yet. And both of those are true, in my opinion. I think we have found a guy who knows so many people that he's going to get into the homes of certain recruits that maybe Beeline couldn't have gotten into. And usually, I mean, recruits look at Michigan and they know, nah, I want to go to Duke, Kansas, or Kentucky. But with Howard, I mean, you saw what LeBron James and Dwayne Wade said. I mean, they're endorsing this kid. And now there's rumors that we can land Bronny and Zaire Wade. I mean, I think that's doubtful. But I mean, at fr- I mean, if we still had Beeline at the helm, I mean, I think it'd be almost impossible. I mean, Howard knows guys. He's coached in the NBA as an assistant, not a head coach, but we know this guy can somewhat, he knows people. He knows he's played the game before, which I think sets him aside from many of the other college basketball coaches. You know, some have played in college, some have played in the NBA, but many of them have not. And I think that's really going to help him on the recruiting trail, excuse me, and I think as a recruit, when you hear a coach talk to you, you, you would like to hear that, you know, this guy has lived that experience. This guy has played in the national championship. This guy has played in the NBA. How did he get there? Can I learn from him? Is this the best option for me? Or do I want to go to Duke for one year and maybe win a national championship and just go off to the NBA? And, you know, some players are good enough to do that. But you want to be coached up. And I think that's what Michigan gives to a lot of people and I think that's what Jawan Howard is going to bring just like kind of what coach Beeline did but a different style in that you know coach Beeline wasn't really a one and done type kind of guy you know he I mean and that's why he left for the NBA that was one of his reasons he didn't really like that rule and you know Iggy did that this year and I think Iggy was somewhat ready uh, he had major potential, maybe could have used one more year, but I totally respect his decision for going to the NBA, living out his dream. Um, and I think that's just why some people choose Michigan. I want to be here two, three, four years and not just one. And I want to be coached up and be fully ready for the NBA instead of just going one year and maybe being that superstar in the NBA. And I mean, so when I look at this higher, I at first I was like I really it's a big risk and it really is still a big risk but I'm like I really don't like this idea and after it's been sailing in over these last few days of his rumors and then now he was hired last night or uh yesterday I I'm, I mean I'm all for it um if I was to grade grade this hire I'd probably give it around a B plus just because it's not you know I mean, if you're looking at an A-plus, you're looking at a J. Wright, Chris Beard, something like that. But, you know, Jawan Howard isn't that. Now, that could go up. Like, as I said, 
this is going to be either a really good hire or it's just going to be one of those hires where he's here for two, three, four years and it's just not working out. And I think, I mean, we signed him for a five-year deal. So that that proves that we're in here for the long-term run. That proves Warren Manuel, Manuel proved that he wants Jawan Howard here. He's going to give him time to build his own program. But we can also notice, you know, he hasn't been a head coach before, and I think he's still going to be just as fine as a head coach as he was an assistant coach. But can he keep that winning mentality, that winning way that Michigan head basketball has been under Coach Beeline his first two, three years on campus here at Michigan. And I think that's going to be one of his bigger goals is can he still be competing with Michigan State, Ohio State? Because let me tell you, the Buckeyes will be pretty good next year. Uh, They brought in some crews. They're going to be nice next year. And I think that can he keep competing with those teams? You know, and usually when you hire a new coach, you're kind of in the middle range as a top tier program as Michigan is. A lot of people are now predicting us in the middle of the Big Ten, which is fair. Um, but I still think can Jawan Howard keep that kind of thing? I'm not saying he has to win a Big Ten championship right off the rip or be in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight first year. I'm just saying can he win? 20 to 25 plus games, which I think he can, but 30 games, I'm not even going to throw that out there. I will give him some slack on that. I know how tough that is, but can he keep that while he's bringing in his own recruits, you know? And I think that should be one of his goals just as a coach. And now then on the recruiting trail, you know, as we were talking earlier, he's going to have an advantage with over some coaches, but his first thing he needs to do right after that press conference early uh, later this week or early next week is he needs to get on the phone with Jalen Wilson, Franz Wagner, and Cole and get them. Get them sold in on this. You know, Cole is still committed, which I'm not really worried about Cole, but at the same time, he has to- loads of potential, and I would really like to keep him. After losing Jordan, Iggy, and Charles to the NBA, we're, we need some recruits. I mean, we can't just be playing with some of the bench guys we had last year. I mean, we can, but then that takes away from the depth that we didn't have last year. And so Jalen Wilson is going to be a key. You know, he tweeted out a uh, tweet yesterday with the eyes emoji. So it's looking like he's somewhat interested in coming back into Michigan. I think this hire gave him a decent to good chance in coming back. Not saying he will, but I still think that that's one of the bigger things um, that Howard needs to do right off the rip is contact those three guys as long as as well as Zeb Jackson. Um, as you know, he was kind of on the fence after Coach B left, but that's looking like he's still hold held on his commitment for now. Um, but Franz Wagner, you know, Beeline was going after him pretty hard after the end of the season. Uh, brother of uh, Mo Wagner, the Michigan great, a few years ago, and so uh, I've been hearing a lot of good things about Wagner that he can come in and be a good player right off the rip. So I mean, that's pretty high on my list. You know, Howard is gonna need to come in here, you know, and, and Michigan basketball is at that point, as I said, that we're, we're, we're at the high expectations as we are in football. I'm not saying national championship, but, you know, we want to be competing for the Big Ten year in and year out. We want to beat Michigan State year in and year out, Ohio State, Indiana, all those, all those schools, you name it. We want to be beating those teams, and I think he's he, he has the potential to bring that and, and remain that type of culture and the way Michigan basketball is. So, um, as I said, let's hope it, it's a risk, 
but I think it's a good risk. Um, he has, he has loads of potential, and I I just can't wait to see game one to the last game of the season next year where he's taking this basketball team. Even during the summer, recruiting wise, I just I just want to see how he is. So uh, a lot to look forward to, but I'm very excited about this hire and where this team and program is in a few years. As we get into the second segment of this episode, uh, we are going to look into Michigan's football team as well as the 2019 football schedule. But first, I wanted to point out to the fact that these segments are based off of what I post on my social media pages, usually Instagram, uh, my game-by-game predictions. Uh, My Middle Tennessee prediction will be out this Saturday, and that will follow every Saturday from there on with certain games in order. And But this segment will follow my post that I made about a week and a half ago to two weeks about my season preview as uh, I looked at what to expect, what, what we're returning um, as Josh Gaddis, the new offensive coordinator hire, and how that will affect um, and some of the interesting games that might be forgotten on this year's schedule. This schedule is very interesting. Um, when you look at it, the NCAA uh, has a new thing this year where teams will get two bye weeks. They uh, made the season a week longer. Therefore, we're playing Ohio State the week after Thanksgiving instead of two days after Thanksgiving. So when you look at the schedule, I think our two bye weeks come at perfect times. A week before we go on the road at Wisconsin, which will most likely be a night game, if not a 3.30 game. And when you go to Camp Randall, it's never easy. Never easy place to play. And then our second one comes in the middle of November, right before we play Sparty. And I think those are two games where they aren't our toughest games, but they are games that can trip us up if we're not paying attention. And I mean, and then those teams are good enough to beat us. And many of you may disagree with the Sparty, and some of you may disagree with Wisconsin, but those teams are still good enough to beat us. Even if we're home against Sparty, they're still good enough to beat us. And um, I think those are... Those two bye weeks are set at a perfect time instead of just having one right before Rutgers or something like that. But as we're on that subject, we're going to look at more of what the team, what to expect from the team. Now, Michigan's offense was okay last year. We we, We showed spurts where we could basically do anything we wanted. Um, I think we saw that, you know, in some of the lower games, such as Western Michigan, uh, stuff like that. But I feel like our star players were held back a bit, and I think any fan could agree with that. Well, if Josh Gaddis really brings the speed and space, which I think he will, and he proved that uh, in this year's spring game, um, I think Michigan's going to be very successful on offense. Now, we can buy into the hype and, you know, say Shea Patterson's going to win Heisman, but... You know, I as a fan that's been a diehard fan my whole life, we're used to kind of being let down in a sense, you know. And and this past year we weren't let down too much, but I we we all know that we could have been a lot better on offense. And if you look at Michigan's offense this year, we will return nine out of eleven offensive starters. Not I'm not including the tight end position because I feel like McCune and Gentry kind of split the starter snaps in that role. But, I mean, we're losing JBB at the right tackle position and then Karan Higdon. Um, and when you look at those two positions, you look at the right tackle position with JBB. And Juwan Bushel-Beatty was good. He wasn't great, but, you know, he got his job done. You know, he had his moments that he was shaky, but he also had his better moments. And I think that's a position where we won't lose anything from it. 
Um, we have Jalen Mayfield and Andrew Stuber kind of battling for that position right now. Uh, to me, it's 50-50 neck and neck right now at that position. So whoever wins that battle, will we will for sure be fine there. But I think the bigger loss, of, and anyone can agree with this, is at running back with Higdon. Uh, Higdon just brought something that you not many not many running backs bring. He wasn't the Saquon Barkley, who wasn't the Jonathan Taylor, uh, but he was his own sort of guy. He was an undersized guy, but he played with that chip on his shoulder. He ran and trucked people if he had to, and I think that's something that uh, all the other running backs are gonna need to have if they're gonna want to be a starting running back. And I think when you look at what we have there. Uh, you know, we moved Ben Mason to the running back position, uh, Van Summeren back there as we're not playing with any fullbacks now. Um, and I think you look and you think, well, Christian Turner will get that starting job. Well, I don't know. True Wilson has more experience than Turner. I think, uh, Turner has the better potential, but True Wilson is just as, uh, good with the experience on him. So we we might take a step back in that regard, but I think Gaddis will use those running backs in a way to make them explosive, to make them better than probably what we expect. And I think that's really going to help this team this year, especially with the RPOs. Um, and we're going to, you might not think about it, but we, we really do have depth at that position, you know, with uh, Haskins, with um, Turner, with um, True Wilson, you know, we have that depth there. And so it's something to look forward to. Um, and I'm really excited to really see what Gaddis can do with those young running backs. Um, and as we move to the defensive side of the ball, um, Michigan will return six out of, the, of its 11 defensive starters, two of those being top 15 draft picks in Rashawn Gary and Devin Bush. And I think the biggest lost, excuse me, loss in any team in college football was probably Devin Bush. I mean, this dude, sideline to sideline, was there every single play. And that that's not going to be replaced. Whether how good Josh Ross gets, whether what they say about him, maybe if it's Devin Gill, so what, but most likely Josh Ross, Ross will take his uh, place there. It's He's not going to be the Devin Bush as we know these last two years, and that's going to affect us, and it affected us in the bowl game against Florida not having him out there. Um, and when you look at then the two defensive end spots with Winovich and uh, Rashawn Gary leaving, even having the two interior with Monet and Lawrence Marshall even, I think those are two positions where we are better to fill. Uh, Don Brown came out and said, Quiddy Pay might be the best player in college football. And to me, I've been on the fan ride of Quiddy Pay since he was a freshman. Once he played, uh, I think... One of his first snaps was against Penn State, and I just remember seeing him out there. I was so excited to see him out there. For just some reason, I was just ecstatic about him just being such a low-tiered recruit and getting that playing time right away in a big game. I think that guy is not taking a step down from what Regary was, and I don't think uh, Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a step down from where uh, Chase Winovich was. So even I think you can even flip-flop those two positions and still be fine. Uh, so we're, I think we'll be fine there. You know, it's going to be losing the, that experience and that explosiveness from, from those two. And the two interior guys will be, you know, a loss. But at the same time, I don't think we're going to take that big of a step back with those two there, especially with Josh Uche coming in as a pass specialist. That dude's nasty. Probably my favorite player on the team. I love Josh Uche and what he brings to the table. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think we take a step down from that. 
Um, but I do think we take a step down from Devin Bush, and that leads me to the next position is uh, at corner. Losing David Long, probably the best, arguably the best man-to-man coverage guy in America last year. And that dude was absolutely nasty on the ball, uh, letting no one really beat him. Once a great while he got beat, he put up crazy stats. And I think some of the younger guys have the potential to get there in a few years, but they're clearly not there yet. You know, return the return of Lavert Hill will help that position out a lot, but losing David Long will set that um, position back just a little bit. I think uh, Vincent Gray and Ambry Thomas are uh, battling for that two spot. Um, Thomas has the speed; he can cover. He might even we might even see him at nickel, maybe possibly just because he can cover that slot position like Brandon Watson did last year. And let's not talk about the last two games, but we know what happened. Um, which Thomas has the speed. Vincent Gray has been turning heads, so it's there. But along with the Devin Bush thing, you're not just you're not you're not going to replace that talent this year. And we I hope we can get at least close to it and uh, stop as much as we can. But that I would say is the two biggest losses on our offense, uh, giving Devin Bush the edge on that. But losing David Long and um, Devin Bush will set us back a little bit. Lastly, we're going to go over this year's football schedule. And not giving out any scores to these games, as I will in future episodes and on my Instagram page. Um, I'll just go over what to expect in those games. Look out for these games, certain trap games, the biggest game, stuff like that. And we'll start off uh, the first two games, which will usually are your kind of cupcake games. And I think we find that in the first week matchup in Middle Tennessee. No disrespect to them, but uh, you're coming into the big house. It's going to most likely be a noon game. Uh, first game of the season, kind of, it's kind of going to be similar to Hawaii a couple years ago. They're going to get by, beat by 40, maybe even 50 points if we really put it on them. And um, I, I just don't think that game's going to be close by any means. Kind of feel bad for them, but, you know, part of life, Middle Tennessee. Um, but when you look at a trap game, that's coming week two. Um, right off the rip, uh, the triple option is hard to stop. You know, we saw that in Air Force a couple weeks ago. I mean, excuse me, not a couple weeks ago, a couple years ago. Um, you know, we had a certain times we had a struggle stopping that. I mean, we had Rashawn Gary on the edge, one of the faster defensive ends, and he, he had some trouble sometimes. Um, with the loss of Devin Bush, it's going to be harder flying to the ball at that linebacker position. Uh, but can we stop that? I think we can. You know, Army gave their run for the money last, uh, Oklahoma their run for the money last year, and they had a pretty good season overall. Um, so in my opinion, it is a trap game. Being home will help of course, and uh, I think we will come out on top of that game, Uh, but, you know, it's something to look out to. We're not going to beat them by 30 or 40. It's going to be, at best, maybe 20 points in the teens, maybe even single digits, Um, but, you know, it's just a game to look out for. Uh, If we do play well, as I said, we can win almost as much as 20, but, you know, we could win on a last-second field goal if it comes down to it. You never know with that Army team or any of those teams, such as Air Force or Navy, uh, etc., so, you know, it's just a game to look out for. Um, moving on a little bit into the schedule, you know, we have that bye week, and then we have the game that I think will set the tone for this season, and that is at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a team that loses Hornybrook, which I wasn't high on Hornybrook at all, So, um, but they bring in a nice young quarterback. Uh, they return Jonathan Taylor. They return some studs on both sides of the ball. Um, but can 
We go in a Camp Randall at night or late evening and get a big win on the road. Harbaugh has yet to win a huge game on the road. You can say it was Michigan State last year, but I wouldn't even count that. It was a big win, but it wasn't a huge win. I think Wisconsin will possibly be in the top 25, but then possibly, you know, they, they have, they're, they're good enough to be in the top 25, but they also are just basing their stuff off of last season. They're going to be out of the top 25 to start the season, in my opinion. And can we go in there and get that huge win on the road? Now, if we do get that win, that's going to set the tone for the rest of the season, as I said. You know, going on the road against Penn State, Notre, uh, home against Notre Dame, I mean, that's just going to give a huge confidence boost when you look at the schedule. And, you know, maybe we lose, if we do lose that game, it's going to set us back. You know, who wants to start off the season as a uh, playoff potential team and be 2-1 and one in the first three, four weeks? You know, you don't want to see that out of this team. And I think we have, we're good enough to win that game, of course. But I think this could be um, Harbaugh's first game that he's going to go in there. Wisconsin's going to be in the 20s, maybe, uh, or higher teens, 19, 18, 17. And that's going to be, I mean, hands down a tough road environment. And I hope we can win that game. But, you know, that's going to be the, the game, the game that's going to set the tone for the rest of the season. I'm moving on to Rutgers. Um, there's not much to say about that. It's Rutgers. Let's just leave it at that. That's that's a dumpster fire. No offense to Rutgers fans, but that program's a dump right now. Um, but the game after that is homecoming, and it's Iowa. Now, if this was at Iowa, I would just be like, I'm not confident at all. But we're home. Uh, it's homecoming, so it most likely will not be a night game at all. Uh, usually homecoming games are at noon. I could possibly see this one at 3.30 maybe. Um, but Iowa is going to bring in a fierce defense this year. Um, I saw one, I, I forget the source, but they had Iowa as finishing out as the top defense in the country this year. And I 100% believe that. They have some studs on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but being at home, I think, will help us out a lot. Um, having that atmosphere there, having the fans on our side, biggest stadium in the country. Um, but this is, will be our first big home game. I'm, I'm going to say it's a big game because it really is. Iowa is going to be a good team this year. Um, they're going to give uh, Wisconsin uh, a run for their test, Northwestern on that west side of the division. It really is. Nebraska as well. Iowa could be a Big Ten championship team. I, I'm just throwing that out there. They really could with that defense. So it's a game that we really have to look out for and we can't get tripped up by. Moving on later into the schedule, we have Illinois. Um, this is our first trip to Champaign since 2011, which is crazy to think. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this game just because we haven't been there in a while. Um, but it, it's going to be similar to Middle Tennessee. I'm not going to put them as a level as Rutgers because that's just disrespectful. Love Lovey Smith. But, I mean, we're going to win this game by 30, 40 plus most likely. Moving on is the game middle of the season. Penn State fans probably been looking forward to this game all year. It's at Penn State. Whiteout game, 100% is going to be a night out game. And if if you know the facts behind the whiteout game, people think Penn State is unbelievable in the whiteout game. The only team who can beat them in the whiteout game is Ohio State. Well, we beat them in the whiteout game in 2015. You know, and we've struggled a couple of years ago. But when you look back at it, you know, we haven't other than that. Uh, 2013. 
uh, we went in there, and if uh, Gibson could have hit a field goal, we would have won that game. Um, but he didn't, and we ended up losing. But this is... Forgive me, Penn State fans, for saying this, but I think Penn State is a bit overhyped this year. Losing McSorley is going to set them back. Whether they like it or not, it's going to set them back. I wasn't really high on McSorley, but he had the experience. He was that senior captain last year. He led this team, helped them win some games, and I just think that that's going to set them back a little bit. Um, Gross Matos on the defensive side of the ball is going to lead them there. So I don't think they're going to have a huge problem defensively. But um, I think they're going to take a step back. I really do. If you look at that overall talent from last year, uh, Steve Dace on Michigan Podcast actually did a thing with uh, recruiting-wise and stars. And Penn State took a huge drop-off in talent. It's a whiteout game. They could easily beat us. I wouldn't say easily, but we couldn't easily beat them. It's going to come down neck and neck. It's going to be a great game. Uh, we're good enough to beat them on the road, but it's a whiteout game and it's scary. So it, it's 50-50, really. You know, who's going to be the better team on that given night? And that's what I really think that game comes down to. Moving on, we got Notre Dame a week after that whiteout game. Maybe we get banged up there during that whiteout game, but Notre Dame will be our one of our toughest home games and we all know what the toughest is but Notre Dame is going to come into this game it will most likely be a college game day game Uh, I think Georgia and Florida have a matchup that same week so I mean that might get the college game day presence but who knows this is going to be a huge game if everything goes well for both teams this might be a top 10 top 15 game and we haven't really had one of those in the big house you could argue Penn State last year or Wisconsin but really those teams weren't as good as we thought they were that given week. But Notre Dame's going to be a good team again this year. Um, going on the road last year, losing week one was tough for us. Uh, I think we're going to seek out some revenge. I wouldn't call it a revenge tour 2.0, but we're really going to seek revenge on these guys. Um, it's going to, just like Penn State, it's going to come down to the last possession. I don't think this is going to be a repeat of Wisconsin or Penn State last year unless we have an unbelievable game or they have an unbelievable game. Ian Book, Shea Patterson going at it in the big house, under the lights, I guarantee it. And it's just going to be one of those historic Michigan-Notre Dame games that I can't wait to watch. But it's going to come down to last possession for sure. Next game we look at, which I could even argue as a trap game, is at Maryland. Now, Maryland, if Maryland could have completed a pass last year, basically a wide open pass Michigan would have been in the Big Ten championship they almost beat Ohio State at home and whether Ohio State was shaky uh down that stretch um but Maryland has the weapons to beat us on the road in recent years we have slapped Maryland absolutely not even close last year was a little shaky at the beginning but other than that uh, the past few years we have obliterated Maryland even at their place but I think it's going to be different this year. Uh, it's going to be kind of be another Indiana a team that can play us really hard. I think they will. Uh, it could be close at the very beginning. I think we'll probably pull away towards the end. But it's going to be a close game for at least a half to a third, uh, a three-fourths of that game. Uh, Maryland's a team to look out for. Moving on, we got uh, Michigan State, uh, a.k.a. Little Brother. Um, and I think... without, you know, disrespecting Michigan State in any reason, I think Michigan's going to have this rivalry for the next couple of years, or unless Michigan State can pull off an upset, which they have in the big house. 
Uh, last time we beat Michigan State at home was 2012. As sad it is to say that. If it wasn't for a botched punt in John O'Corn, we probably could have won two of those games. But we didn't. Um, Michigan State's going to have a gr- another great defense this year. Leader Kenny Wilkes, I'm really high on that guy. If there's one, oh, the only guy I really like on Michigan State is Kenny Wilkes. I mean, that dude's just a monster, and he proved it last year against Ohio State and Michigan, just in the backfield every play. But you can make the argument that we haven't beat him in 2012. Um, I just, it's going to be a good game, but I think we can pull away at the end, or, you know, they they can keep it close. You never know with a rivalry game like this. Never take Sparty for granted. Mark D'Antonio, they can pull out all the weapons. You never know. So it's a it's a game we have to look at and take seriously, no matter what their record is at that point. Moving on, we got at Indiana. And if if you're a diehard fan like me watching that game, Indiana really pissed me off. They really did. What they did to Winovich, whether uh, it was on accident, whether it was... I just think they just turned into a dirty team. Um, I really did. I lost respect for them. I really was high on Indiana. I was I was cool with them. But after last year, I just... For some reason, I just did not get that good vibe from them anymore after what they did. Um, and it, they always play us good. When, when you go into Bloomington, Indiana, you can't go in there thinking you're going to win. I mean, you can't. We do every year, probably, but you can't. Indiana hasn't beaten us since I think '88 or '87. Maybe it was '86. Um, they haven't beaten us in years, twenty, thirty years. So they're out there. They're wanting this huge upset. They've always played us good, whether it's at our place or at their place. The last two games in Indiana, we're in overtime. And 2017, maybe we didn't have the best team, best quarterback, I should say. But in 2015, you know, we had a great offensive performance and the defense that was supposed to be at least decent gave up 40 plus points. So you never know with Indiana, but it's it's a game we have to go in there and come out firing on all cylinders. Uh, they're, they're a team that can trip us up a week before the big game. So, I mean, especially if we're undefeated at that point, which is we have a decent chance at but you know we have a few games in there that we could lose not saying we won't lose or we will lose but it indiana is a game that we're gonna have to take seriously just like a maryland and uh army um yeah something you really have to take seriously now we move into the game and we all know how this goes haven't beaten them since 2011 blah 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 i get it i hate it I, I hate going on here every, not on here, but on my Instagram and Twitter pages every year and saying, wait until next year, guys. Or that summer, a couple months after, like I am now, saying, oh, we're going to blast these dudes. It's not going to happen. But all the odds are in our favor this year to beat Ohio State. And Buckeye fans will laugh at this, but it re- they really are. We're home, and they have Ryan Day, first-year coach. Not saying Ryan Day is going to be... Uh, another Urban Meyer or uh, Luke Fickle, but it, it, he's a first-year coach, okay? And we're home. That that Those two should just put it down like that. We have to win this game, first of all. Harbaugh's 0-4 against Ohio State. We're at home. He's playing a first-year coach. And to me, we're up there with their talent. We really are. We are up there with their talent. So when you look at this game, that's going to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest game of the year. Um, Ohio State has the potential to be 11-0. We also have the potential to be 11-0. Not saying we will, not saying they will. Because, they, of course, they got the first-year coach. 
But guys, I mean, I just don't. How can Harbaugh go into this game and lose it? I, I mean, he has before, but how can he do that against a first year coach at home? I don't know how he will be able to lose that game. And I will make sure I'm 100% will be in attendance for that game. Haven't bought any tickets yet, but I will for sure be in attendance for that game. And no matter what our record is or what their record is, I'm really pushing for Michigan in this game. Last year, I had us losing to them until the week of. I really did. Until the week of that game, I had us losing. But this year can be a huge turning point in that rivalry if Jim Harbaugh can make Ryan Day 0-1 his first year uh, as a head coach at Ohio State. That will do it on this week's episode of Michigan Insiders Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. Make sure to please like here on anchor.fm and also on my social media pages on Instagram at Michigan underscore insiders and on my Twitter at UM underscore insiders to keep up with the latest updates on Michigan athletics. Again, thank you guys for watching and go blue.